Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Colossians 1. Starting a new book. Yeah. And um, what's cool about this, I love when the Holy Spirit does this. Sometimes like in couples ministry, we'd have a conversation in the couples class and then Mm -hmm. we'd go to church and the sermon would be about the exact same thing. You're like, Holy Spirit, thank you. (laughs) Thanks for laying it on on us twice today. Like we needed to hear this. And and that's what happened. We're looking at Colossians 1. This is going to be the, one of the primary passages I'm preaching out of Sunday actually. And so it's all about like the supremacy of God. Mm-hmm. He's he's the big dog number uno. Um, yeah, that well, I the mean, supremacy of Christ. <laughs> no, yeah. that's a, kind of a big word. That's what stuck out to me. Really, you're going to be encouraged in Colossians one wherever you find yourself camping. Um, there's a really beautiful prayer too, starting in verse nine, I think, or verse ten. But what stuck out to me today started actually in verse 15, and it goes all the way down to verse 22, um, and it talks about kind of the supremacy, the identity of the Son of God. And this section of verse, 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 <laughs> has long been important to me, um, just because of what it says about who Jesus is, yeah. um, and just literally the truth, what they, um, what Paul's laying out here has thought to have been maybe some kind of hymn or something from the church of Colossae. And he, he just breaks it down saying, um, this is who Jesus is, the son of the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all of creation. And why even just those sentences right there hold such weight and such power, the son of the image of the invisible God, because that, that is, we can't see, and we don't know for sure what God looks like. And he became flesh mm-hmm. and came to earth. And um, that way we could make sense a little bit of Yahweh, of this um, eternal God. And so yeah. um, grateful for that. And then even the firstborn over all creation, we could break down every single verse and word um, just with the weight of all this. But that, I'll, I'll just give you a little tidbit too. Why that's so important isn't because Jesus was the firstborn on the earth, but because he is literally the heir. He represents the air and how we now air as an H E I R, not not Air <laughs> Jordan A I R. Good distinction. Yeah. Yeah. Um anyway, so now we're co heirs with him because of what he's done mm-hmm. on the cross. And so just a really, really, really powerful set of verses here that talk about um the true identity of Jesus yeah. Christ and the power that he has. And some of the, the words that mm-hmm. keep popping up in there is reconciliation. Yep, and so when you transition down to the end of the chapter, one of the things we learn about God, um, if that's one of the questions you're asking, which is often a question we'll ask, what did we learn about about God God in this chapter? um, Is that he wants to be with us. Mm -hmm. He he did this so we could be reconciled to him. Yeah, so real real quick, reconciled, Bob, that's a word that's thrown out oftentimes, I feel like, when there's a broken relationship, when there's forgiveness that needs to be had. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's the difference between, like, forgiveness and reconciliation? This is a good question. Thank you for asking, Clark. You're you're very welcome. (laughs) We, when we processed this a little bit, we talked about forgiveness you know, can be one-sided. It can be one person. Yeah. And and that's a gift from God because thank goodness, you know, sometimes people have gone into glory or passed away and um, there's things we need to work through and, and forgive. And yeah. we can do that within our relationship with the Lord. You brought up to maybe even someone just moving far away and how you yeah, can't really... you don't have access to them, but you can still mm-hmm. experience, forg- you can still forgive them mm-hmm. or receive forgiveness from the Lord in your own heart. Same thing with like a, a maybe something, you know, years ago yeah. happened. So forgiveness... Just- 
great. Long, long and short of it is it's possible with just one person. And reconciliation, um, there has to be two parties. It requires it, yeah. yeah. And so even, you know, the picture of a bridge was a picture that came up and how the, the bridge doesn't um, go to nowhere. You know, the bridge has to be completed on the other shore. There has to be two sides. Connects two sides. And mm-hmm. we were thinking some just basic sentences in life that we could use yeah. with the word reconciled. It'd be like... What were those? One of them was like finances. Like I went to the bank and I paid off our loan and mm-hmm. our debt was paid and now our finances were reconciled. Right. Meaning that us in the bank... We're good. You're good. Yep. And even like within relationships too, we talked about a husband and wife and how, you know, um, Harry and Sally were fighting last night, but they were able to come together and reconcile today. Yeah. Right. Is that one? Yeah. So those types of sentences might be helpful just to get a better picture of what reconciliation means. And really then let's dive in to what Paul is trying to say to this church and, and what God, um, has done really yeah. on you want to read his, verses yeah. 19 to 22 for us i do let me do that for god was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross once you were alienated from god and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior But because he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, establish and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. I think that's important to notice the language that he uses there. Hmm. That it's not, um, is that Cal banging on his door? Yeah, I'm being summoned. I'll, I'll go. Okay, can I wake up the baby? Um, it's important to pay attention to the language Paul uses here because it, it's not saying that humanity reconciles itself to God. It's not saying that humanity earns something from God. It's really clear saying God reconciled humanity to himself. Like it's something that God did. And you think about uh, this calling us enemies. or, or Sorry, Romans 5.10 calls us enemies and then we're reconciled to Christ. And then here it talks about how we were alienated, we had evil uh, thoughts, evil behavior, yet still Christ did this incredibly powerful act and this gift that allows us to be reconciled, brought back in, restored, redeemed, rebuilt in our relationship with God. And so that's what he's getting at here, um, is that through the gospel, through Jesus' gift uh, on the cross, we have this, this new opportunity before us in our relationship with him. And so in that, we have now the chance to be reconciled to God because of what Jesus Christ has done. That's what he's done. But you also have the opportunity to be reconciled amongst each other, you know, human being to human being. And so I want to read you just a quote. I was talking to the guys in one of my text loops, and I had asked them, have you had any experience with reconciliation? And one of the guys in this group, he's a Christian, obviously loves the Lord. He He has a really powerful story. One of the smartest people I know, too. He said, um, a form of reconciliation that I remember was when I was in high school. As you know, I'm not a big guy. In high school, I was even smaller, a meager five foot and less than 100 pounds. It was safe to assume that I was going to get bullied, and I was for most of it. There was one guy whose family life was a mess. His older brother uh, had a lot of issues, tried to take his own life many different times. It was very sad. They were adopted by a lesbian couple. Uh, they were beaten and abused, and it was just a really hard life that he had. So he took much of his anger and his frustration out on me. And as the few friends we had, we had some mutual friends. 
uh, we were just kind of always around each other. There were days I would come home with bruises. I was only 15. I had no idea what to do. When we got to our junior year, I had mostly distance. We had mostly distanced ourselves, but I could see in his face guilt, confusion, despair in his eyes. One day, the whole squad went to watch a movie. We were both there. He pulled me over to the side. And he asked me for forgiveness. He explained everything to me: his frustration, his anger, his lack of family support, and a whole retinue of personal issues. In the moment, without even thinking, I just forgave him on the spot. No questions asked. He was stunned. Just this little kid, after all the beatings, the insults, the abuse, just to forgive him like that? He was shocked. I told him I was raised to forgive and move past. I knew he needed a positive influence in his broken life. And for the first time I had known him, his face was radiating joy. A burden had been lifted off him. I don't know what he's doing now, but I hope I made a positive impact on him. And I can just testify to this quote in this individual. This person really does love Jesus. They really do. And in that, I'm sure eventually conversations were about to come up where, hey, this is what Jesus Christ has done in this individual's life. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason why this person could forgive a bully is because of what Christ has done mm-hmm. to him. And so mm-hmm. what's interesting is that's possible. We're reconciled to God, most importantly. But then we can now have this option of being reconciled to each other because of what Christ has done for us. And I want you to pay attention to what what um, Paul ends with in verse 22. He says that Jesus Christ does, does this so that we would be without blemish and free from accusations. And I think the reason why Paul includes that in there is because sometimes we struggle with our standing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, where am I standing with God? And where am I standing with other people? And sometimes you think back to the past. You probably have regrets, shame and guilt, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's one of the Bible references, you know, the devil, the evil one as the accuser often too, because we'll, um, like he's constantly pointing back to the time when we were alienated. Um, and even, I think Paul talks about this too, the importance of our minds, that we're enemy, enemies in your minds, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, our minds, our behavior, you know, we, we can go back to that type of, of lifestyle, that way of thinking, and that's where the evil one wants us to go. Yeah. Um, but really, let's, um, let's focus on this truth today, uh, how we're reconciled, and how um, God's done it all. That's right. Yeah. So, Colossians 1. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.